Up Talk Radio. That's a beautiful classic song by a beautiful woman from the beautiful country of South Africa singing Imperi. So welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to our yet another exciting primetime hour where we'll be discussing music. We'll be looking at music from different angles. Of course, I have my co-host out there. This is Nati. Masiku, and of course, we have Brother Warren joining us from the beautiful state of Louisiana. I intend to travel to Louisiana actually sometime this year. So, Nancy, how, how, how is South Bend? Well, South Bend is uh, warm and beautiful. We are here alive, you know, it's a small town and we love our village life. And how are you? How, how are you in Indy? No, the, the great state of Indiana, at least it has got much to offer. And by much is we have Walmart. The only thing that we have that we are proud of here in Indiana, apart from mm-hmm. the corn, is Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm sure Brother Warren has got so much. Uh, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Walmart, I mean, it, it, it's, it's the place to be if you're in Indiana. If you haven't been to Walmart, then I don't know what's wrong with you. So, Brother Warren, uh, how are you doing in uh, Louisiana? Well, uh, I bring you greetings and love and happiness from New Orleans, which is in the state of Louisiana. 
And so one thing you have to understand is that even though New Orleans is in Louisiana, New Orleans is like its own nation, and Louisiana has, you know, various regions. So uh, New Orleans uh, is, is doing okay. People are coming back to normal with the tourism. This is a heavy tourist. This is a world tourist destination here. And so <laughs> the big uh, tourist hub is what we call the French Quarter, which is the old section of the city where there's the famous Bourbon Street where people drink and just do. And so that, that's all coming back now. Oh, okay. That's good, good. Yeah, right. cause, uh, like I said earlier, I intend to visit that place because I've heard, especially during Mardi Gras, there's a lot of good stuff and good, good things to see. And I've heard the, just the cuisine and the influence, mm-hmm. I think, the Spanish, the French, plus the American mm-hmm. or European. So, yeah, so it's on my to go to places. Yeah, so again, mm-hmm. welcome to our <laughs> listeners. This is Primetime Radio Show. It comes every Wednesday at 9 p.m. And today, right now, it's 9.05. We're just happy to be able to have these moments to share with you because today we'll be looking at a, a topic that is very fascinating, that is different. So today we'll be looking at what is the role of music in a society. We've all grown up, I mean, not necessarily even growing up. Each and every one of us has a a type of music that uh, they love, that inspires them, that gets them through the day and things like that. So we'll be looking at music from different angles. So I will be coming in to talk about the relation between music and identity in general. And also I'll look at the relationship between music and personal identity, and also the relation between music and collective identity. Because the music that we listen to, the music that we play, the music that excites us, it has an influence on how we present ourselves as a people. So I'll be coming in from those those three angles. So Brother Warren, uh, I know you have you you have a different perspective. From which angle will you be looking at this uh, discussion today? Well, I would just be looking at how music uh, gives people strength, encouragement, hope. Uh, considering they may face what may appear to be insurmountable obstacles and how the singing uh, bonds the people. And sometimes people's music, they, they like to use, look at their music that makes them distinct from other people. And so it's, it's how people are inspired by music and how, and how music helps people live. It gives them the will to live. Yeah, that's good to know. Good to know. So, Nancy, from which angle, because I know you are in the medical field, from which angle will you be coming from? Well, uh, thank you so much, and good evening, our listeners. Well, I'll be looking at music from the medical perspective and to see how music has enhanced the healing process in our patients. And I know that music is a, it's a universal language of mankind where words tell, music speaks. 
So life is like a beautiful melody, only the lyrics are messed up, but music is the language of the spirit. Therefore, music speaks to your mind, body, and soul, and also the spirit. It can separate humans. It can also bring the world together. So music plays, plays a critical role in our well-being, and I know all of us will be looking at it from different angles, which will be very, very interesting. Yeah, good, to, good to know. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, so... Uh, I will jump in and sort of kick the ball rolling. So today I will be discussing the relationship between music and identity because music is music has a lot to do with our identity. Identity is very much on our minds each minute of the day. And it's not a big surprise that music plays a huge role when we think about it. Just think about the, for instance, gangster rap music, the hip-hop artist, and you have classical music, you have uh, jazz music, you have uh, country music. You, you, there are different genres of music. So the music you listen to, the way you dress, influences the way you dress, the way you talk the type of friends you have, and all these things tell a story about who you are, and they tell a story about your identity. So we're going to start out by playing this track, which, of course, I think uh, back in the 90s, it represented uh, some sort of uh, identity for especially, let let me not actually... uh, say much. Let me play the song and then we'll take it up from there. So here goes.
Tupac Shakur, California Love, featuring Dr. Dre. So when you play a song like that, uh, Brother Warren, what comes to mind? What type of a person listens to Tupac Shakur in terms of identity? Well, you know, some of everybody listens to, 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 to that. And I uh, think that when we look at these genres of music, we have to look at the record companies and the promoters uh, and the music critics. Music critics that go back a long way in the United States in particular, they play a lot of, they play a great role in coining and phrasing what type of genre of music is. So with Tupac, you know, that was a, that was a subgenre of what we call rap music. Okay. So that was just one type of rap music out of different other subgenres. But that, that music is today, what we call popular music as well. So some of everybody listens to that. You have a lot of white young people listen to that, that type of music. Yeah, that's um, good. That's well, yeah, well you know, and so yeah. Yeah, well, well put, Brother Warren. So in light of our discussion today, so you see, a person who listens to rap music, uh, in most cases, of course, people can listen to all kinds of music. But when you have a person who subscribes to rap music, there is what is called also gangster rap. Because Tupac was actually one of those who was a gangster. And, I mean, he had the tattoo uh, on his uh, tummy, uh, uh, tag life. So, in terms of identity, what do we mean when we speak about identity who i am and who you are of course these are difficult questions because how let me put it this way Uh, the pompous question however it is safe to say it is safe to say that who we are or our identity is not something that is completely fixed or completely determined. We recognize who our parents are, the place where we were born, the school we went to, the friends we have, and the choices we make in life. All these contribute to our identity. They all contribute to who we were, who we are, and who we may become. We, we call this type uh, this lifestyle approach to identity or a narrative identity. So when we talk about music, for instance, like Tupac Shakur, which is of course mostly a, a man want to identify, hey, I'm tough, I'm from the west side, I'm from California, you don't want to mess with me, and things like that. So there's a message that is being sent uh, when, in, in this type of music. When you listen to this there's, there's a little bit of echo there. I don't know if... Okay. Yeah, so there was a little bit of echo. So Tupac Shakur represents a gangster. Tupac Shakur represents, you don't want to mess with me, I'm a bad boy, and things like that. So let's drift on and look at music from uh, healing... Okay. Uh, Nancy, can you hear? I think there's a little bit of... 
it just yeah, yeah, you keep on cutting. I wanted to add on music from the cultural perspective also, maybe, if we can start from there. Okay, yeah, helpful. so there was a little bit of, yeah, apologize for the uh, sort of glitch there in the system. Yeah, so mm-hmm. before we go any further, before you come in, Nancy, can you, uh, let's have Brother Warren talk about music uh, from a healing perspective, talk about music, and then also we'll play another track once uh, Brother Warren, and then we'll, we'll, we'll pass it on to Nancy. So, from your perspective, Brother Warren, how would you define music? Wow, that's a that's a difficult. One. How would I define music? Boy, I, I would say music would be uh, the 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 the, uh, the use of instruments or voice. To to uh, create sound, harmonious sound, and then you may add uh, what we call lyrics, words to to those rhythms that are that are used with various types of instruments, including the voice. So uh, then you have to look at the meaning to what we call songs. So you you traditionally you had songs to celebrate birth, you had songs to commemorate death. You have songs to commemorate the change of seasons, the harvest, uh, the coronation of a king, the death of a king, uh, so on and so forth from a traditional standpoint. Yeah, so in terms of uh, uh, music as a healing instrument, can you talk a little bit about the music and how it was used as a symbol of resistance, especially for our people. Uh, talk about just the healing effect of music. Well, in the United States, uh, the, the black people uh, came from musical heritages from the African continent. So the, 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 the people, the enslaved people did not come here uh, culturally bankrupt. They, they brought their culture with them. And so they transferred their musical knowledge into their new environment. And so uh, one of the things that black people in general have brought to music of the new world is this percussive, this intensity and percussion uh, sound in music, hand clapping, so on and so forth, is something that, that, that the various African groups brought here. And with what with, with the African peoples did, and they use music as a coded way to communicate with each other. And it was a way that the people who were suppressing them could not understand. The, the, the slaveholders did not have 100% complete control of black people. Black people's soul and spirit were in many respects free from that conquest that was physical. And so music was used, for example... Uh, oh, in, in the United States during enslavement, many black people would, uh, when, they, when they learned the stories of the Old Testament, particularly Pharaoh and the children of Israel, many black people equi- equivalented themselves with the children of Israel. They were in bondage. And they would sing songs called spirituals, which were, which would, you know, to the, to a, a, a person just listening, it sounded like they were singing, you know, they were singing something about God, so on and so forth, but they were actually using these songs in a coded way 
to resist and to escape. And I'll give an example of a song that's uh, an old African-American standard. And and some of these songs may have been written by Europeans, but black people took these songs with a different meaning in a different direction. One song is called Wade in the Water, W-A-D-E. And you know when you wade in the water, you're kind of moving through the water. And the, the lyrics are, wade in the water, wade in the water. God's mm-hmm. going to trouble the water. And so that song was, was sung when black people used to up to the northern states, and they had to cross rivers and stuff like that. And one of the lyrics in that song is, uh, let me see, uh, if in the water, if in the water, the water is cold. It might chill my body, but not my soul. And these were things that were done to keep the motivation up for people mm-hmm. who were literally escaping. Because if you got caught, you might have been uh, killed, or definitely you were going to be brought back and you were going to be severely beaten. And so that's just one example how how uh, African Americans use music and song to maintain a fighting and rebelling spirit and to have, to look forward to a future. Yeah. So, yeah. So the, I, I know there was just so much that our people had to endure, go through. And of course, music, at least you have to escape from the uh, insanity. Sometimes just lock yourself in a different world and most, uh, I mean, coping method that most people use is music. So, Nancy, can you talk a little bit about music from either a cultural perspective or talk about music from a medical perspective? Okay, uh, thank you so much. Good evening. So, uh, just to add on what uh, Brother Warren has said, uh, we cannot move on um, this topic without tying music to culture. I hate to go back to culture because those were heavy topics that we discussed last week. So, um, mm-hmm. so I do believe that every culture, every tribe has got its own music. So music is found in every non-society, past and present, and it's considered to be a cultural universal. Since uh, all people of the world, including the most isolated tribal groups, have a form of music, it may be concluded that music is likely to have been present in the ancestral population prior to the dispense of the humans around the world. So uh, consequently, the first music may have been invented in Africa, just to anchor the words of uh, our Brother Warren here, and then um, evolved to actually become a fundamental constituent of a human life using various different materials to make various instruments. So if it, uh, it, so uh, the music came from Africa, and then uh, if it came to the Western world, people have reinvented it using different materials to make various instruments. So different instruments play different music. Okay, so, so uh, a culture's music is influenced by all aspects of that culture, including social and economic uh, uh, organizations and experiences, climate access, to technology and what religion is believed in. So I'm talking about technology. So we live in a Western world where we have different types of musical instruments. We have different types of music, uh, starting from uh, pop music, reggae, you know, uh, soul music, blues, gospel music, you know. So this is the, um, actually the evolution of music. So, uh, so are the emotions and the ideas that music expresses 
the situations in which music is played and listened to, and attitudes towards music players and composers all vary between regions and periods of music history in the distance of substitute of musicology and history. So at uh, this point, I can say, is, you know, the players and the composers of music, they vary to regions and periods. So whether you're in Africa or in Asia or China, all people have different types and ways of portraying music. So music has a great benefit. So I'll talk about music from the uh, medical perspective as one of the medical providers. So I'll hand you back to you now. Because I know uh, we have Gina on the line too, right? So she'll talk about music from my own perspective as one of the Zambian composers and artists. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, so in keeping with the music, because I'm talking about music in general, and uh, then our transition also to music uh, with personal identity. So identity is like a narrative story containing multiple chapters or multiple storylines. And just a narrative, a narrative describes it's sort of a process. This happens, and then this happens, and so on and so forth. What makes music so interesting and special is that it offers a way of ex- a way to experience the self that is continuously in a state of becoming. But what do we mean by music as an experience of identity? It's tempting to think that we listen to music because it somehow affirms our identity or satisfies our desires. For example, imagine a young man uh, who is challenging the, the government. They don't like what they see, and they think there's a better way to do things and things like that. So most people when you have a different outlook on sort of the politics, you don't like the way the economy, you feel some people are oppressed and things like that, it's going to influence how you are going to perceive uh, the reality or, or the narrative of how and what is happening all around you. So we're going to uh, play a song that pretty much sums up a, a young man who looks at life and feels the government is up to no good, p- encouraging people. This there is a better way for us to uh, move our agenda forward. So this song, it's sort of a protest song, but at the same time, we're looking at how music influences identity. A person who lives at the at the back of your mind while this song is playing. This is not a song that gets you to be dancing and smiling and all that stuff. It's a song that puts you in a different mode, and here goes. i 
really worth Not all that glitter is gold And half the story has never been told So now we see the light We gonna stand up for our right Come on, get up, stand up Tosh, Peter Tosh, and of course Bob Marley. The trio was Bob Marley, Peter Tosh, and Bunny Weller. Unfortunately, Bunny Weller just passed on recently. I grew up listening to reggae music, so it brings back uh, special memories. So, Brother Warren, what's your comment listening to Get Up, Stand Up, Peter Tosh? What type of music and what are they communicating? All right. So, right before I get to that answer, let me let me say something. There's a book that I have here. It's called Flash of the Spirit: African and Afro-American Art and Philosophy, and the author is Robert Ferris Thompson. And let me read to you in the introduction what he says. Now, let me tell you about the book. The book is analyzing. The music, the art, and traditions, not only of the U.S. black population, but Haiti, Jamaica, and in other areas of the Caribbean and what we call Latin America, where there are black population centers, including Brazil, and how, <laughs> and how they have created all of the most popular music in whatever country they live. It emanates from their African mm-hmm. past. So let me read this from the Flash of the Spirit, and I'll get to your question. 
And this is the introduction he says. He says, listening to rock, jazz, blues, reggae, salsa, samba, bossa nova, juju, high life, and mambo, one might conclude that much of the popular music of the world is informed by the flash of the, of the spirit of a certain people, especially armed with improvisatory drive and brilliance. Since the Atlantic slave trade, ancient African organizing principles of song and dance have crossed the seas from the old world to the new. There they took on new momentum, intermingling with each other and with new world or European styles of singing and dance. Among those principles are the dominance of a percussive performance style, attack, and vital aliveness in sound and motion, a propensity for multiple meter, competing meters sounding all at once, overlapping call and response in singing, solo, mm -hmm. chorus, voice, instrument, interlock system of performance, interpulse control, a metronome sense, keeping the beat indelibly in mind as a rhythmic common denominator in a welter of different meters, suspended accentuation patterning, offbeat phrasing of melodic and choreographic accents, and at a slightly different but equally recurrent level of exposition, songs and dances of social illusion, music which, however danceable and swinging, remorselessly contrasts social imperfections against implied criteria for perfect living. Now, that sums up all, all of this stuff. So that song, Get Up, Stand Up, was written by Peter Tosh and Bob Marley in 1973, and it was uh, a song of protest within the Jamaican context. They belonged to a religion called the Rastafarians. That was a religion created in Jamaica, by uh, the people who were lowly at the bottom and who mm -hmm. were descendants of Maroons. Maroons were runaway slaves. And they were persecuted, these Rastafarians from the 1930s all the way to the 1970s were, were persecuted in Jamaica. The police would arrest them. The police would uh, break into their meetings and would kill them. And so that's what that song, that's the context that that song was written. Now, this reggae music and the Rastafarian has been a tourist attraction for Jamaica. It has been a moneymaker for Jamaica. And so that's the context. So everywhere we see black people is the music that we create that becomes the music of the place in which we live. And it becomes the popular music. And so this book, Flash of the Spirit, is not only looking at music, but it's also looking at art. It's looking at certain traditions and customs. And I'm taking the United States right now. A lot of African Americans no longer remember some of these practices and conditions that were peculiar to black people. So, for example, when someone would die, they used to cover the mirrors. The mirrors used to be, it was all type, and I remember all of that stuff. It was all type of little, I guess we would call it superstitious today, but black people did all this. If it was raining and the sun was up, we used to say that the devil was beating his wife. Now, now where that comes from, I don't know. <laughs> but that's what, what, what we said. My mother was coming up, they used to take a dime, and some kind of way they would put a hole in the dime, 
and wear it around their ankle like some sort of charm. But anyway, uh, that's the context of Get Up, Stand Up. It was within a Jamaican context, and they were Rastafarians, and they were, they were, they were fighting for respect of their religion and their lifestyle in Jamaica. Yeah, well, well said, Brother Warren. So reggae music is a music that sends a message. It's a music for the people. It's a music, uh, for instance, I think back in South Africa, uh, Bob Marley's music and Peter Tosh, uh, Bunny Whaler, Bunny Whaler actually sang a song uh, called President Bota the Mosquito, which, of course, didn't work out well with President Bota at the time during the apartheid in South Africa. And also uh, militant music. Uh, Bob Marley's music was considered militant because uh, especially the oppressing regimes back in those days, they felt that music might... Uh, enter our people's uh, minds and cause them to stir up some revolution. So that's the type of music that is designed to impress upon your mind to do something, take action, get up and stand up for your rights. So the previous yeah. song that we listened to was, of course, California Love by Tupac. So that type of music just tells you, I'm a bad boy, don't mess with me, I'm a thug, a west side, and things like that. So we're going to take yeah. a... Okay. Um, okay, yeah, so let's go ahead and take a little break. But before we take a little break, uh, we, we're going to play a song and then brother Warren you you can pick it up from there so uh, in light of our discussion music so let's go to uh, Latin America and play this classic classic this is one of actually my favorite songs that I like so this was uh, done by an Ecuadorian gentleman Leonardo uh, Rogers. He goes by Leo Rogers. So the title of the song is called Celesta. Enjoy this track. Thank you. 
Yeah, beautiful track by Leo Rogers. The the guy actually won the German's Got Talent, the American version of America's Got Talent. In German, he went there and he won, but he's uh, from Latin America. So we wanted just to throw in some flavor of music, which most of our people may not be familiar with. I personally like uh, Native American music. So... Uh, continuing on, so for those who are just joining us, you are listening to Primetime Radio Show. It comes every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Today we are looking at music. What is the role of music in society? So uh, discussing a little bit about music and personality. So the omnipresence of music is all around us. So when we are submerged in a musical landscape, music seems to be a lot more than only a, a music seems to do a lot more than only satisfy our musical desires or preferences. What happens is that music actually helps us to shape our desires, our preferences, and ideas. So I'll be transitioning to talk about music from a collective uh, uh, perspective. So before we go any further, I just want to make mention that we have the queen of Amalango music. This is none other than Gina Hidi Doty. She is based here in in our great state of Indiana. We are actually happy and, and lucky to have the queen herself uh, on the call. So she will be joining us a little bit to share her thoughts so before we get to the queen herself, we just want to look at music uh, from a uh, different perspective now, because lo- uh, my focus is to discuss music from three perspectives. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I'll be looking at music from the relationship between music and identity that's been covered. And then I also looked up at music and personal identity. So now the last the leg that I just wanted to touch on is music from a collective uh, perspective. So there is music that people listen to that identifies with the group. So when you listen to, for instance, music by Tupac Shafkou, California Love, that's just for you as a person wanting to listen to that. But there is a music that... Uh, people listen to collectively as a sign of affiliation or kinship or identity. So uh, before we transition to the king, to the queen, I'm going to play a song which is very dear to me. And I think, Brother Warren, this may be a little bit new for you. Uh, I come from the eastern part of Zambia, and the the right people usually come from the eastern part, and of course the wrong people, they come from the northern part. So the right people have got what we call the Nchwala ceremony with our paramount chief Mpezeni. So there's a song which I'm going to play as a very proud Easterner, which of course should anger people who come from the no, the wrong side. So this is a beautiful track. Listen to this song and then I'll I'll put a little bit of content afterwards. So here is the classic. <laughs> Come on, 
It doesn't get any better than that. So what you were just listening to, Brother Warren, it's a tribal music from the eastern part of Zambia where uh, the right people come from like me. This is why I'm, mm-hmm. I'm above intelligence, above average compared to any Bemba that you can find. So mm-hmm. that music, it simply say, Wela Ngwenya. Ngwenya, that simply means like calling out the chief or the paramount chief, in this case, uh, Mpezeni, to come out. So people are uh, singing outside. So that type of music is different from the other type of music that we have shared because that is music more, for instance, like a national anthem. People listen to a national anthem, not that they are proud that it's going to entertain them or anything like that. It's simply because it's an identity as a group. So it is part of their identity, being a member of the community, consists of playing that music, singing that music, and dancing to that music. Uh, their collective identity is, part, is partly made or constructed and experienced through their music. What, I, what it's like is, for instance, when you... 
join a group, you are initiated into, like I am Ngoni, uh, I, can, I, I know my friend here, Nancy, she's from the northern part. So for Nancy cannot play that type of music because that does not uh, resonate with her tribe. She comes from a different tribe uh, compared to the tribe that I come from. So that mm-hmm. is just a little bit about the different type of music and why uh, people subscribe to uh, music like that. So I just wanted just to uh, distinguish and make a point that there are different types of music. So with that said, let's now transition. Uh, f- first of all, before we, we, we invite the Queen, uh, Brother Warren, I'm sure, have mm. you heard anything like that before? Yeah, I, I, I traveled through Africa. I've been in African countries where I was familiar with the various ethnic groups and their different dances and their different songs. So uh, that type of sound, because I, mean, I, don't, I don't understand the Ngoni language, but mm-hmm. uh, just listening to it, I can relate that to some other, at, at least the, the the type of harmony in the music, the the rhythm of the clapping, I can relate that to other African ethnic groups that I've I've uh, whose presence I've been in. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a classic piece from the eastern part. So we've looked at dif- different types of music. So now we're going to transition to talk to an actual musician, and this is of course Gina Hedi. She is based right here in Indiana. So. Okay, yeah, so I think Gina says she just uh, notified me that she's not ready to speak, but we're going to open up our lines. I know there are some people who may want to share some thoughts and challenge me on uh, the smart people coming from the eastern part. So the lines are open, so if anyone wishes to make a comment, a contribution, ask a question, uh, feel free to jump in. Can I say something, Noah? Yes, go ahead. Yeah, I want to go back to the, the, the rap piece. Uh, you talked about Tupac Shakur. Rap music was started approximately about the late 70s. And what made mm-hmm. rap music so unique, it was a young people's movement. They would make these cassette tapes. And they would sell these cassette tapes out of their cars and their neighborhoods, and they bypassed the conventional way that you get a record label contract, you get a booking agent. They bypassed all of that, and so it was it, it was a youth it was a youth movement for the most part, and the music came from what we called the inner city blacks. These were the blacks. Mm-hmm who lived in places like New York. And uh, New York has different boroughs, like Queens and the Bronx and stuff like that. And eventually it began to, to rap music began to spread to have regional distinction. And so the music initially speaks to uh, urban black youth who may have come up in what we call public housing developments, as they call housing projects, and they may have experienced a lot of uh, 
you know, things that come along with the inner city, like maybe violence, crime, and it speaks to many of their experiences and heart. I didn't come up. That was not my experience as a black person coming up in what we call, quote-unquote, the ghetto. However, it became music for black people that we all listen to. Even a lot of rappers, by the way, who, who come from middle-class backgrounds had to pretend like they had those rough backgrounds, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. in the rap music. And then rap music by the 1990s, it expands. Because when rap music evolved, I mean, the lyrics were very, very positive. And in the, 19, in the 1980s, man, you had, they were rapping about African history. They were teaching about black culture. But then here's the thing, everyone. When we look at the recording industry, who owns and controls the major record labels? Who controls the booking agents? These are the people, they call them talent agents as well. These are the people that get you jobs as an artist. And the positive lyrics that was coming out of rap music in the 80s became a problem for many white people. And so the recording industry then began to steer the young people into this violent uh, music. Because then when you have music that's teaching people to be conscious, teaching people to examine the relationship with other people, look at their history, scrutinize the society and the injustice the society is doing, well, that becomes a problem for the ruling classes. But when you Mm -hmm. have a music where the people are saying about shooting, killing, and gang stuff, well, that's what they want because now, you know, the people are listening to the music and becoming inspired to do what? Turn it on themselves. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, rap music has gone through many, many, many different metamorphoses and different subgenres there. So I just want to say that there was a youth movement, basically. The young people took that into their own hands and became millionaires, created their own record labels, to where the wealthy white people who were running the industry had to pay attention to them. And many of these young black people owned the record labels. You know, eventually some of them got bought out by the big traditional ones, but, but that's, that's basically a little small history of rap music. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing, Brother Warren, because I think, you see, music it can be used as a tool to emancipate our people or to discourage our people. So I think from what you were sharing, so music was used to create confusion in some of our people. So now let's transition to uh, uh, Gina Hidi. So I think before we have Gina Hidi, there's a classic song that I like. Uh, uh, Gina sings, I think, uh, who have her explain what type of music she sings. But I'm going to play... Uh, what I like. There's a song that I think it's a classic. Uh, here, here goes Gina Hiti. Oh, no, this is not the one. Okay, no, let's go with this one. Why 
So Gina Hidi, talk a little bit about that uh, song and welcome to our program. So this is, of course, uh, Gina Hidi. Take it away. Thank you, Noah. Good evening, listeners, and um, good evening, Brother Warren. Good evening, Nancy. Good evening, I'm glad Gina. to be here. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much for um, according me this opportunity to air my views about music. Um, a lot has already been said about it, and um, I don't want to go back to what um, everybody has said. And uh, I listened very carefully. Brother Warren explained in detail about what music can do, but just to briefly say it uh, in my own words, I think music is um, is an art that touches the heart more than anything else. It's um, it, it's an it's a kind of art that brings out one's emotions very easily. Um, if you if you are if you are in a sad mood and you listen to a particular melody, it would definitely make you feel uh, more sad. And if you are happy and you listen to certain um, to certain uh, melodies, they also make you happier and and so on. So um, I use my, my my music. I use it as a platform to reach out to to many people, especially back in Africa, to groom those um, who are going into marriages, those who are in relationships, and people listen much more than if they are just being talked to. Uh, they listen better through music. 
And so, um, like the song that was just playing, it's talking about a young lady um, cautioning young women to be careful when when they are uh, choosing their life partners. Uh, it says marriage is not just about material wealth, money, and everything else that a man may possess, but marriage is... Um, um, commitment uh, based on one's uh, well-being, personality, uh, and so on. Uh, so this song, a young lady is complaining that um, there's a man that I refused to marry because he didn't have money. He used to respect me. He used to love me. But the only thing he didn't have was money. And I married a rich man. And now this rich man doesn't doesn't nights at home he's always uh, sleeping out and so on I'm so uh, frustrated in my marriage I'm not happy at all so every time my husband beats me up or sleeps out I think of the man I, I refuse to marry so this is um, what it is about yeah thank thank you Gina thank you Gina I, I'm sure Nancy has a question for you hi Gina Hi, Hi. I enjoyed uh, listening to that music. What a beautiful voice you have, you know. So uh, what comes into your mind when you are composing? Do you write your own songs or what comes into your mind during the composing of the song? Yes, actually, I I write my own. And um, usually when, when you hear... Like I said earlier, when you hear a, a sad song, it means um, maybe I came across some experience. Not It may not be personal. It could have been through somebody, um, maybe a friend or just somebody I saw, or maybe something I read about. And then um, it kind of uh, sticks into my mind. And that thing kind of motivates me to write the song depending on depending on what i feel about that moment so yeah that's what it is yeah i i write my own my own music that is wonderful wonderful that's good. wonderful good. thank you very good much good to know yeah so yeah i think we have a comment question from one of our listeners go ahead judy Hello. Hello. Yeah, you are Judy. Yes. Um, I'm so grateful that you are having this discussion. You are telling a little bit late. I'm so grateful that we can talk about this as uh, as we are. So my point of view is that I want to, I want to go on the, what the Bible talks about music and where music was originated and what affects. Uh, what you said, I, I regard to human. You know, music has uh, really uh, was created from God, and this is it. I think people that are Christians, you know how music uh, was created. Angels used to sing, the devil used to sing. So, whatever the whatever whatever it is that we should know is that. Um, yeah. So, uh, so, so Judy, you wanna speak up a little bit so at least you are clear. It sounds a little muffled. Yeah, so. I'm saying, uh, at a Christian point of view, I'm so grateful that my, my, my sister and my friend Gina is able to write our music, and it's a blessing. She's a blessing to us. So I just want to just enlight on our uh, Christian point of view, as a biblical point of view. You know, 
basically music was originated from the air from from by god and basically the, the devil is an angel who used to sing that so music has a very great impact on our life uh lifestyle because it, it it's like the music was put in front even people when, when people were going to the war people were poor music was put in front so music is basically a leading into our lifestyle so regardless of the music that you are listening to, it will stay in your life, like my sister put it, and it's going to lead your life the way, way out. So I just want to encourage everybody that listens to music, what impact, what it has a positive and a negative impact on your life. And as you listen to music, it builds our lives and it can destroy our lives because music is really destroying and it can even build you as well. So I look at a Christian point of view. When I listen to my gospel music, I know it's going to take me into worship. If I listen to this type of music, it's going to lead me into my encouragement because of my situation probably. And if I listen to another kind of music, it will calm me down because I'm meditating. So music will lead us in all aspects of life. And if, you, if I take an example of the musicians that we have right now, the, uh, I'm, looking, I'm talking at a Christian point of view. They are so, you know, they are identified when they are young, the potential that they have and what they're capable of doing with their voices, forgetting that the, the devil is also looking at what they can do in their lives. So when a child is raised into the music industry and uh, it stays there and sings the music that is there, there are other things that the devil wants a child to, be, to do as they grow into the music industry. That is against God. Knowing that the music will impact the world, knowing that music will get everybody around into his or her music, knowing that every, at the end of the day, the gain will not go to, the glory won't go to God. I'm talking at a Christian point of view. It won't go to the glory of God, but to the glory of man. Because music really takes everybody's life. Music takes you away from everything that you're thinking about. Music will always calm you down, like I said. It will always give you clarity of what you feel like about any situation. That's how I look about, about music, because music has really also changed my life in so many ways. Because like, like my sister put it, I don't want to go back again. She said music will really put you in the mood, whether praying or whatever mood you are in. So that's all I wanted to, to talk about as a Christian point of view. It's really good and it really helps me into uh, meditating. It helps me into my, my life. It helps me into, into just being and uh, giving the right truth of the truth as I would put it. That's all I wanted to say. All right, all right. Thank you so much, Sister Judy. Thank you so much, uh, Gina. You guys are wonderful. Uh, just to add on that, yes, uh, music does a, um, it plays a critical role in uh, our communicating information. So, like what Noah and um, Brother Warren said um, earlier on, that uh, music is uh, disseminates information. So it can uh, spread hate, hate, or it can spread love. So uh, in the Christian point of view, I know that our music does disseminate information, like uh, for some gospel singers like Sister Wynans, the Yolanda Adams, or maybe the Snatch of This World, uh, Ephraim of Zambia. Those uh, gospel artists, they really do minister to people through music. So our music plays a very critical role in that too. So I think uh, we, uh, we do have uh, Mr. Um, Mr. Kelvin. 
on the line, if you can go ahead and share if you want to. Mr. Kelvin, is on the line, Noah? Does he want to say something? Yeah, so I, I think maybe Mr. Kapijim, Kapijimpanga is Kapijim not ready. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go ahead and uh, let's let's song. And then uh, this is a classic song, especially for freedom. And we'll play a little bit and then uh, here goes. Beautiful song by a band called Savuka. The song actually came out in 1987. That's a, a first, one of the first interracial bands in South Africa. And the lead singer John Clegg uh, passed on, I think, three, four, five, three to five years ago. So the message in the song simply talks about we have not seen him, uh, referring to uh, Mandela. We have not seen him. This was when he was jailed at the Roden Island. So we have not seen him by John Clegg. That is a, one of those songs that when you play the song, this is not the music that you dance to. This is music that sort of uh, impresses upon your mind certain um, current affairs, you look at life from different angles, look at the economic situation, you look at the political situation and things like that. So I just wanted just to share what that song was about. So let's go to Brother Warren. Uh, we have our lines uh, open, so if anyone wishes to say something, press 1 
on your dial pad, and then we'll get a notification that you want to say something, and then we'll take it up from there. So, Brother Warren, can you talk a little bit about what type of, what type of music do you listen to? Me, myself? Yes. What type of music do you like? I listen to uh, a lot of different music, but I, I'm a jazz fan uh, mm-hmm. because jazz, jazz in terms of uh, uh, the intellectual aspect of music, jazz has to be like the type of music where you have a lot of these uh, thinkers and critics who talk about the jazz musicians like Miles Davis or John Coltrane. And mm-hmm. uh, jazz is, is really a serious type of, of, of music. And, you know, jazz emanates from African-Americans in the United States, but it's a, it has become a worldwide music. And it has been a type of music that has influenced the world. And I've listened to a lot of classic R&B. The music of the 1960s and 70s is classic music. It would never die. The Supremes, mm-hmm. The Temptations, and all of that music. Uh, the 1990s had some good music as well, but I'm not a fan of music nowadays. In fact, I often say people don't even really sing today. I mean, when you listen to, let's say, Whitney Houston, you don't really have Whitney Houston's today. You don't really have Aretha Franklin's today. You know, uh, people are, people are the, the, inter- the music industry is so filled with showmanship, selling an image. That the mm-hmm. people really, many of them really don't even have any talent compared to the people of, let's say, the 1960s, 1970s music. Oh, yeah. Well, well said, Brother Warren. I think music has changed over time. So, uh, so if you are just joining us, you're listening to Primetime Radio Show. We are discussing what is the role of music in society. So, your lines, uh, if, especially if you have a question, you have a comment. Press 1 on your cowpad, then we'll get a notification, and then we'll be able to connect you. So, Nancy, do you think we should play another song, or what do you think we should do at this time? Well, uh, I can talk about music from the medical perspective, I think. Yeah, oh, yeah you talk about time. that, then, then we'll play a song after that. Okay. So uh, coming from the uh, medical background, I know that uh, music is really played in the hospitals to calm down the situation. So uh, music can influence clinicians and patients' mental states and emotions by the capacity of rhythm. So uh, research um, actually shows that music enhances and optimizes the brain, providing better and more efficient therapy and improves performance of cognitive, moral, and speech language tasks. Studies also show that people perform these tasks better with, with music than without music. So uh, basically, uh, healthcare providers might, might prescribe music as a proven intervention to manage and alleviate pain. So uh, they normally have like uh, music therapy sessions uh, to enhance the healing of um, the healing process. So um, music has been proven to actually reduce the stress um, levels and also alleviate anxiety. Music has also been thought to um, manage pain and discomfort without medication. It has also been thought to lift uh, emotions and moods. It has also been thought to encourage patients to be more active and positive. 
in the participation of their treatments. So our music also decreasing the length of the hospital stay, which ultimately reduces um, health care costs. So, uh, you know, when a, a, a person is in the hospital, they use different types of therapies to enhance the healing process and reduce the patients from being in the hospital for a long time. As you are aware that the medical costs in, the, uh, in this country are really high. So music does play a very, very big role in that. So... Um, they also did a research like uh, in the NICU, the neonatal uh, uh, critical care unit, where they played music, and that music helped to lower the blood pressures of those uh, preemies in the hospital. So uh, their vital signs became normal, like it reduced the heart rates, it also reduced the blood pressures, it also reduced the stress hormone levels, it also uh, improved uh, the growing process of those um, preemies. So music does play a very, very big role in the community. Back to you, Noah. Yeah, that's good. Well said, Nancy. So let's see if we have a comment from Brother uh, Kelvin. Uh, any comments, questions? Uh, we're discussing the role of music. Anything you want to share, Mr. Kelvin? Unfortunately, today I've been off air and uh, I haven't really been uh, so in touch with what's going on. But basically, I've been uh, around music for a long time. I think I started enjoying music as young as um, maybe I was seven years and I grew up uh, collecting pieces. I had quite a number of uh, pieces for music from tapes to the time the CD started. I found that uh, music really helps people to keep healthy and uh, it lowers down stress. It's a very good therapy and um, I would urge everyone or anyone that is going through the hardest time they should tune in to play some music around them. They'll find peace in that. Yeah, that's well uh, brief and uh, direct to the point. So thank you, Mr. Kelvin, for that. So now we are in the final stretch of the show. So let's have a final statement from uh, Brother Warren. Well, what's your final statement? Uh, I, I just have people... question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a question for the for the sister who's a singer from Zambia. I didn't remember her name. What's her name again? Gina. Gina. I want to ask Gina. Gina, what were your, in addition to your Zambian culture, what were some African musical influences upon you, and what were some American musical influences upon you in developing your music? Could you kindly rephrase the question, Brother Warren? Okay. What were some other African regional music that may have influenced you in your work? And what were some American musical influences that also may have influenced you in your work? Oh, okay. Thank you very much. Um, If I... I have understood you clearly. You're talking about the types of music that influenced me or the particular artists. Uh, 
it's kind of broad. Yes, from Africa and from the United States, both the artists and the types of music in on the, yes. from the African continent and, and the United States. Yes, uh, thank you, Brother Warren. Uh, actually, this is uh, when I sit back and um, and recall how it all started when I was a little girl. Um, it just amazes me because um, my music was uh, very much influenced um, two artists, meaning two different types of uh, music. Those artists, uh, one um, is a Congolese singer called uh, Chalamwana, and mm-hmm. um, her music is very, very different from country music. And at the same time, I, I was very much uh, into country music at the same time. Okay. So, yeah, so I think when I started growing up, because I did my, I started my professional music when I was in the 10th grade. So mm-hmm. I think what came out of me was that um, I used both from um, what I used to, the inspiration that I used to get from Dolly Parton, the way she wrote her music and about the background and so on, the real life kind of situation, it influenced, it, it really um, influenced me greatly. And then also from um, the Congolese uh, great artist, Talamwana, she influenced my stage performances and um, uh, in some, some of uh, the songs that I wrote in the early, early um, years, which were kind of influ- had that uh, touch of like um, Congolese music, but with uh, a real life situation kind of melody. I don't know if, if I'm making myself clear on this one. So later on, as I grew up in music, I found that um, I now came up as as me without away from Chalamwan and away from Dolly Parton music. And uh, now I was like, I found my own identification. Oh, and that yeah. it, and after finding my own identification, it earned me the name of the queen of Amalango music after my award for the best Kalindula female performer. So okay. Kalindula, by the way, Brother Warren, is a kind of music in our country. It's a purely tradition. And um, it uh, incorporates, uh, melodies from various tribes of the country mm-hmm. and so yes it's purely tradition so apart from what you listen to what uh, Mr. Noah played this evening that was Afro pop so mm-hmm. my music is very very much um, Kalindula and then uh, through that because it's got some drums and it kind of brings out our culture, and I find it easier to kind of reach out to the masters because that's the kind of thing they are typically used to listening to. So I teach the people how to live in marriages and how to be in relationships using using that platform. I don't know if I'm okay. clear. Or... Thank you no, so that, much. That's very that. clear. Yeah, yeah okay, that's very thank clear. You. So, sorry. Yeah, sorry, just to jump in here. So, Brother Warren, we have less than four minutes. If you can just say your final thoughts in less than a minute. Well, once again, we've covered a very, very giant topic that may need to be revisited revisited 
some more times. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share my uh, my perspective. Thank you, Brother Warren. Uh, let's go to Nancy. Your final thoughts. So, uh, thank you so much for the people that called in today. Gina, we love you. Sister Judy, thank you so much for your contribution. You always doing the best. So, music um, is indeed the mediator between the spiritual and the sensual life. Uh, also, creativity. It also cultivates your thinking skills and improves your communication skills, as well as gives you confidence. So listen to more music. So like what uh, Brother Warren has said, maybe we need to revisit this topic and maybe concentrate on the African music, go deeper, because today we're just talking in general about music. So I don't know what you think about that, Noah. Uh, Yeah, this is a broad topic, like uh, Brother Warren uh, mentioned. uh, There are just different and all kinds of different types of genres in music. Of course, there is country music, like Gina mentioned, there is Kalindula, Afrobeat, reggae. Of course, I identify with reggae music, listening to, of course, the great Bob Marley, Mutabaruka, Peter Tosh, Bunny Weller, Jimmy Cliff, those are sort of my music I grew up listening to. I have a lot of influence from that type of music. So this has been a very uh, important, enlightening, informative discussion because I think we'll see if maybe we can consider having a different perspective, I mean, different continuation Mm -hmm. of the show so at least we can look at uh, maybe focusing in mm-hmm. on one segment. So to summarize, we talked about identity is a process we are always in a state of um, becoming because life is a uh, dynamic. We are not uh, at the standstill or stationary. So when you look at identity, it's a process that is ongoing and people are learning or developing to be a better version of themselves. So uh, music is one of the avenues that people use to uh, uh, learn, uh, have a different perspective. It shapes their ideas. It shapes their thinking, their philosophy, their speech, their walk, how they dance, and how just uh, people present themselves. So hopefully you've learned one or two things from our show. So in short, all I can say is music is one of those forces that shape ideas, needs, and desires. We have to listen to music because we are part of a group. And we are part of a group because we listen to music. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the end of our program. So thank you to the Queen of Amalango Music, Gina Hidi, Brother Warren, Nancy, and all our listeners, Judy, for calling in, and Mr. Kelvin Abijimfumu for sharing his thoughts. So we're going to end on a, on a song uh, talking about uh, looking for a spouse, a partner, and this is Kwa Georgie. So join us again next time at the same time, and this is Kwa Georgie.
Good. 